dear friends. Welcome to Being an Everyday Hero. My name is Brett Culp. Thanks for joining me for a few minutes today. We can't live alone. None of us can. Uh, sometimes we try to, and we think we can solve our problems by ourselves, and sometimes we think we're supposed to solve our problems by ourselves. But none of us can. And when we try to, uh, sometimes we just get things worse. We get stuck in our head. We get lost in our problems. We need each other. And that is why I am such a huge fan of the concept of community. We use that word a lot, community. It's talked about in many different settings in many different ways. But the understanding that we have about community has really evolved and changed over time. I think there was a clear sense of what it was in the past. But as our world has changed, uh, we need new senses. We need new understandings of what it is. And today I have a guest joining me on the show. And I've invited him here because community's been on my mind a lot recently and in a lot of different settings and a lot of different ways, not only in my professional life, but also in my personal life and the things that I'm trying to do in the world to make an impact. And my guest today has spent more time in community, working in community, helping people understand what it is and building community than anybody I know. So I thought this would be a perfect opportunity to introduce you to my dad, Ed Culp. Thanks for joining us here. Brad, it's great to be with you. I've been listening to your podcast, and uh, now to be uh, a part of one of them is fun. So community has been important to you. It's been an important part of your life. What For you, what is community? What's community all about? Uh, it's about people connectivity. It's a, a, an environment where we can join together, bring multiple different strengths, multi-strengths, multiple abilities, uh, and, and increase the power and the ability of any one of us because we've got other people helping us. And, and this concept of community, is it just for one part of our life or do you feel like it's for every, every piece of who we are? Well, I, I think as we understand ourselves, we uh, begin to appreciate that one of the worst things for us is being by ourselves mm. in any kind of situation. Um, it doesn't really matter what uh, environment you're working in or playing in or, or just um, socializing in. It's always better when other people are a part of it, particularly when you understand how to leverage that in a powerful way. For you, what is what is community? What's at the heart of it? Uh, well, what's at the heart of community is change, uh, because we're all none of us are designed either to be stagnant. We we are to be become better and better and better. In fact, uh, uh, all of nature is designed that way. You find that if you study a tree, it's all about changing and growing and becoming something that it's not that wasn't yesterday. And people are to be that way, too, in every setting of their life. And so uh, there is not a setting where community doesn't help. It doesn't matter whether it's your family, your business, uh, church environment. Uh, Community is a way to increase the power and the leverage of uh, success and growth. Is community really a broad, open term for any time people are together? Or is for you there a very specific definition of what it is and when community is existing? Or again, is it wide open? Yeah, I think in the broadest sense, it's anytime people are together. Anytime people are spending time together, you've got more than just an individual. You've got a community. But there are ranges of what community is being used for. Sometimes it's just occasional setting where a family is sitting and enjoying a movie and and yet it's still better to be doing that collectively than to be doing by yourself but i've been a part of a lot of uh, settings when we were very purposeful about what we were trying to do 
we had an area of our life that we wanted to change, that we wanted to improve in. And so we were targeting to take some specific steps, use some specific uh, aids to move us down a path that was something that everyone had agreed they wanted to be a part of. Uh, so it can be very open and broad, and it can be very specific and targeted. Many of us are used to and comfortable with dealing with our problems in our life alone, by ourselves, just kind of facing the world alone. And many of us have found that that's safer, that that you know when we reach out to people or trust people, that it's you know hurtful or dangerous for us. And that community, this idea of what you're talking about is is dangerous. But why is it so important that we live in community and not just try to solve everything and figure out everything in our life by ourselves? I agree with your point about the uh, safety that you find sometimes in being by yourself. And unfortunately, the safety that we feel uh, comes from a, a, a negative sense of what community would do to us and, uh, and, and, and how it would be against us instead of being for us. We're not very experienced in community. We're not very trained in it. Uh, and so we kind of default to what we really know, and we try to find a way to make our own isolationism really work for us. It is, in fact, as all the professionals will tell you and all the books that you read about uh, how to grow and how to change and how to have a healthy life will tell you, that's the worst place to be. Uh, it, it's very confining. It's very limited. It's not very clarifying. It, it uh, causes you to see things just the way you see them. And therefore, you're going to continue to focus on things that are coming from your perspective, which in many cases is not healthy and it's not powerful and it's not right. So um, we have to, I think it's a, it's a matter of finding the boldness and the courage to branch out from something that we're really familiar with. We, 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 we have to, I, I guess, kind of evaluate what's really going on in that aloneness kind of world, that individual kind of world and recognize the things that are not being effectively uh, brought to bear for us uh, to then find the, the courage to, to branch out and to get experienced and knowledgeable about how to be good in community. Now, your experience, a lot of your experience in community has been in spiritual settings. If we're just focusing for a minute kind of on the personal level, on, a per, on, a, on an individual's personal life, the things that they're struggling with, how have you seen these communities you've been part of and have led in change people's lives? And not only that, kind of give me a sense of when we talk about these settings, what, what do you really mean by this? What, where, where, what's an environment of community like and how have you seen people change in it? Uh, boy, you ask a great question there and you, you touch on an area that's, that has been very special for me about community. And what led me into community were people who were interested and driven to change. Uh, in a church environment that's a healthy environment, it's, it's never about stagnation. People come into a church world intending to become different people, better people. Uh, and as they try to do that on their own, they then typically will encounter frustrations because there's great limitations in what you can do by yourself. Mm. Being a church leader for years, led me to connect with lots of people who would say to me, I'm, I'm doing this and I'm reading that and I'm considering this during the day, meditating, but I'm not really changing. Yeah. Uh, and a couple of years ago, I didn't have the answer to that. I, I, they would explain that to me and I would have to acknowledge it, but I didn't know what to tell them yeah. uh, because I had not had uh, the kind of experience that I've had now with community. 
So I reached out to some professionals and I said, Here, here's a problem I need some help with. I've got people really passionate to become better people. They want to be in a healthier state spiritually and, and had other issues in their life they need some help with. And so how do you, how do they change? What do we do? Uh, that's the first time that I got introduced to community. Mm. Uh, and every professional that I talked to, without exception, said people change in groups, in small settings, not big groups, but small groups. And they would explain to me that what you want to do for those people is to put them in a setting of 10 or 12 people and let them begin to develop a safety feeling so they can come out of their individualism and they could then begin to use other people to share things in their life, to get help and support from other people in their lives. And, and what was amazing was in a very short time, right after I did that for the very first time, people began to change. They would talk about their change and they would talk about the things that were obstacles to them and uh, difficulties that were being uh, overcome. Uh, and the feeling that they had that they were helping other people do that as well, encouraged them to be to get outside themselves and help others, which is the greatest step in helping yourself. So when you create a small community and you give people a chance to really know each other and to get safe and to come out of that uh, individualism that you talked about a little while ago, now they begin to function the way they really should function. We are, we are made to interact with each other. We are made to support and encourage and help each other. Uh, you can't do that in a room all by yourself. You need other, other people. Uh, so uh, since that time, I've been involved in numbers of settings like that where we had small groups where they would begin to talk and to share and get to know each other, tell people about the things that were troubling them, get help from other people with those issues. Then they would begin to help back. And you've got this great exchange of giving and sharing uh, that enables people to release, uh, understand themselves better and deal with the challenges they had in their life. And, and that's how all that unfolded for me. It just, it was, wasn't so much just reading about it and being told about it. It was sitting, sitting in a room with people week after week after week and watching them change and evolve. And now almost all those people have continued in a small community, small group setting of some kind. You mentioned as you were talking the word safety and the community being safe. What is what does that mean? I mean, we're used to thinking about safe in terms of our body, like you're not gonna, I'm not, my physical body's not in danger. But you're talking about emotional safety. How do you build emotional safety? What is emotional safety, and how do you build it into a community setting? Well, for, first of all, there there are, like every other kind of organizational setting, some parameters that are important to make it work. One of the one of the top five is that you have a safe environment to talk and safe does mean that you're that i'm not going to be harmed that's really what safety is really all about nobody's going to hurt me we think of it first of all physically yeah. being safe but emotional risk are the same if i have something that i share that somebody uses to harm me with uh then i'm not going to be i'm not going to be open about it i'm not going to share it with people so one of the things we do in community when we have a specific purpose in a community, and I think families probably just automatically kind of do it as they're all growing up together, they begin to, to recognize there are some criteria of safety. 
and so we, at the very beginning of a community, will start to, we'll, we'll introduce four or five concepts, one of them being, this has to be a safe place. I, I need you, when I share something that's a, a challenge for me, troubling for me, maybe even shameful or embarrassing to me, I need you to handle that in a way that's appropriate for me to make me feel like it's okay to give it to you. And, and what I mean by that is, uh, first criteria, you don't share it with anybody else. That I am free to express what I need to express knowing it's going to go into your mind and it's not going to get passed on to other people that sometimes I wouldn't even know about. Uh, because I want to manage that myself and I want to manage it with just the people I want to manage it with. Uh, a second criteria of that is that I want you to manage it, you and I, in a way that's not hurtful to me. I don't want you to imply that that's a terrible thing, that I, that I have that feeling, or act like it's not important to you that I have that feeling. I want you to handle and manage it in a way that is respectful and caring and loving so that I feel that when I've opened myself up to you, you've dealt with me in a way that is going to help me with that, not hurt me with it, and make me unsafe to share. Um, and there are other elements of that as well, but uh, that's the key thing. I'm going to give you things. I want you to handle them in a way that helps me, not hurts me. That's great. That's great. I can remember some of the first experiences because, you know, you and I are sitting here talking on this episode about things we've been talking about privately for a decade. Yeah, <laughs> Frankly, that's right. I can remember you and I sitting together in um, an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting that we visited together. And, and, and we were there just as guests to watch, just as observers. We weren't engaged in it. We were just watching an open setting. And that was one of the first times I think you and I together had experienced the power of that. First of all, let me, because this is a, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous AA is a, is a setting that a lot of people are familiar with. You know, they've heard of the 12 steps. They've heard of people sitting in a room. We see it on lots of TV shows and that, and that sort of thing. You know, that's kind of that crisis level community you're talking about on some level right because what they're doing in that setting is is this but at kind of the most crisis of crisis levels when you and I sat in that room together I mean it must have been 10 years ago we were sitting in there for the first time watching what they were doing what was it about that setting that impressed you and that that changed your perspective on how people change uh, wow, I, re I remember that and uh, have been back a number of times just by myself to sit in those settings. Um, uh, I, I, I did that 10 years ago was still when I was formulating in my mind what community was about. Uh, and that was such a, a bold and daring community setting that it just took my breath away. I, watching those people say to each other, I'm an alcoholic. Hmm. And knowing what that meant for somebody to say that, um, not to experience people that have been saying it for years, but some of the people that were sitting there trembling and fearful about saying it, and you recognize that they were willing to say it, said something immediately to me about, I, I need to understand this environment more because here's a person willing to say to a group, what was it, 40 people, maybe yeah, 50 people yeah. in that room? Um was willing to say, I'm an alcoholic. Yeah. I'm Fred. I'm an alcoholic. And I, I was like, whoa, I, you know, he's probably had a hard time saying that to his wife and family and close friends. And here he's saying it to strangers. Yeah. Uh, and so that's the first thing that grabbed me, that somebody would start 
demonstrating that kind of boldness. And you knew there was some environment there that was creating the safety of doing that. And then as we watched that unfold, uh, the things that were just, uh, that continue to strike me, and every time I walk into one of those meetings, it, it still does, that the people are so accepting of, of the situation that people were in. Uh, no judgment, no, no condemnation to these people, no criticism, no, no tearing them down, giving, you know, as, as though what they were doing was just horrible and terrible. Now, it may have been horrible and terrible behavior, but it doesn't do anybody any good to then, you know, try to make the point about how bad you are because you do that. Yeah. Uh, this was the most uplifting, supportive, accepting environment that I still today have ever sat in. And I've said to, even to a lot of church groups, I wish we were like the AA, Yeah. you know, where we, we could open up and create that kind of safety. Those people actually... Uh, celebrate recovery from failure. Uh, they don't. They don't t- give you a sense of defeat. They don't give you a sense of disappointment because you fall off the wagon again. The, the biggest applaud in the room was somebody who got back up on the wagon and started the journey again. And um, so that whole environment there was. We we all need to accept where each other each of the rest of us are. We need to then um, support that, encourage that. Uh, be a part with people in every step of becoming better and stronger. Uh, And then when they fail, be sure that you bring the strongest support to them because that's when they need your your help the most to get back up and go again after they've um, uh, committed to do something that they then didn't follow through on. I can remember one of the first meetings of those I sat in as an observer and remember somebody telling a story about how they got drunk and fell down like two flights of stairs and broke like all these bones in their body and sat in the hospital for nine months with all these broken bones. And as they're telling this story, the whole room is just laughing. Everybody's just laughing and like almost like kind of cheering. and, And the guy is, and in a setting that would have characteristically for me been one of, well, don't tell that story. You know, that's an embarrassment. That's something you should be ashamed of. That's something to hide. And yet here is this person openly sharing it and the room feeling comfortable to laugh right along with him about this, what, what, what I would have considered a great tragedy of your life. And, and it, it, that I, I can remember that moment because this idea that you could sit in a community, there could be a space you could be in where people could authentically share where they were and without the weight of judgment and you know all of the everything that goes along with it and just be real be honest and everybody could just laugh at the stuff we're supposed to laugh at and cry at the stuff we're supposed to cry at without the fear of of how you're going to identify and judge me. I remember that so clearly. I think you were with me on yeah, that day. Yeah, I remember that story, and I remember the story about the guy whose wife asked him to go get some bread on a Friday afternoon and didn't come home till Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> right, 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 right. That's right. another big laugh in the room, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and the willingness to own it. Yes. To own it, share it, and laugh about it. And obviously some of those things, they could do that because time has passed. But still, it gives such courage to those who are in the battle like that right now when they see that kind of openness and authenticity 
which as you know has been important to me to share even in public settings so yeah. that's powerful so okay so so let's say somebody's listening to this and you know we all um find ourselves in community you know whether it's family or it's work or it's an effort we're part of all of us find ourselves in community you have again you know created some communities in your life that have been very intentional to help people solve certain problems in their life but Whatever community we find ourselves in, I know there are some principles that make those things work right. Some some concepts, some rules even that make that work well. So, you know, whether a person is sitting in Alcoholics Anonymous or they're thinking about how to get more authenticity and safety in their own family or they're in a work environment where they need more creativity and openness because things feel stodgy and closed, what are some principles, what are some things that are important to make those communities feel safe, to build authenticity, and to make it a real growth experience for people? So what are some things that are helpful? Uh, yeah, Brent, and let's, let's say this about this discussion too. Uh, there are some real purposeful things that you can do with community, but if you're going into a staff meeting today, yeah. Start practicing these same things. Yeah. If you're going into some uh, setting that involves other people, these are principles that are people-related issue uh, principles that help. Yeah. They're just better in every kind of setting. If you got a dinner meeting tonight, use these principles because they make a difference. Uh, first of all, where we start with all community settings that have this kind of purpose, where people have been invited for a specific reason, um, and, and sometimes, by the way, uh, they're not to fix things. Sometimes people just say, I'm stuck. Yeah. I want to move from where I am, which is pretty okay, to another place. I, I want more, I want better things in my life. Uh, and so whether you're coming from an AA kind of setting where you can't function because alcohol or some other ad- addictive influence has got your, your, your life control, whether it's that or whether you're just starting where you are and saying, I could be better. Mm-hmm. Community is is the place for change because it it broadens the influences and the powers that are being brought to your life to to, to be able to move you to another place. So wherever those are, here's the, here's a first premise I always try to say to people: Number one, we are going to be for each other. Mm. We're going to be for each other now. In, in in the spiritual settings where I am, we use the word grace. Yeah. And that's a that's a beautiful word. It's a, it's a very sweet word. It's a very comforting word. But what it all it really means is, I'm for you, yeah. and I'm going to do things to help you, and you're going to feel from me that your best interest is what I'm going to be focused on all the time. And, and we use that in contrast to the word against. Mm. We're for each other. We are not against each other. We are not trying to push you back. We're not trying to hold you back. We're not trying to to hurt you or destroy you. We are trying to do everything we can that's for your benefit. So I'm for you. And again, if I'm sitting in a staff meeting and I've got seven other business associates sitting in a room, be for everybody. Yeah. You know, think about how you can help them, how you can encourage them, how you can give them a better feeling about themselves, how you can appreciate them and what they're doing. Um, that's what you want the environment to be. You know, and that's a powerful thought because so much of us go through our lives in the world feeling like the world is against us, 
feeling like, you know, we're by our, I think one of the reasons we tend to isolate is because we feel like, well, nobody's going to help me but myself. You know, I, I, and so we kind of pull away because we feel like, well, you're in it for you. So I have to be in it for me to create environments it's really a pretty heroic thing to be a person focused on creating environments where people feel like you're for them because yeah, you're right. It creates a safety and a willingness to be authentic. When I feel like you're not going to use that against me, you're going to use it as a way to be for me. And that's why the premise starts. The first premise starts there. Uh, and, and you can listen to people talk about uh, professional sports teams or any sports team, college or professional. And when they say we play as a team, we are for each other, we help each other. You know, the running backs don't criticize the linemen. They support what good job, good work they're doing. They're for that lineman's performance. And therefore, the team feels better because you've got people that are encouraging and helping each other, not being against each other. When you bring this kind of critical sense about people – and you're judging everything for good or bad that you hear about them, that you learn about them, you take away all the safety. Mm. I'm not going to give you things, share things with you, unless I think you will do exactly what you said, that you'll take it and do something good with it, no matter how ugly and bad and confusing and stupid it seems. So first of all, I'm coming into the room, everybody's coming into the room and saying, maybe in no other setting in my life, is there a place where people are for my good, but it's here? Yeah. And if I've got that, then I run to it. I'm not afraid of that community. I want to go there because I'm going to feel 10 or 11 other people that are saying good things about me, encouraging me, and doing all the things they can to help me move down my path, not defeat me in it. That's so great. And you're right. It's applicable to every community setting we find ourselves in, whether it's family or work a staff meeting, a team meeting, a, commu- a PTA, a home, you know, association meeting or whatever it is, you know, whatever we're doing, that's powerful. So what's, what's, what else, what else is important? Yeah, well, and let me add one other piece. Yeah. Now. I know we're, we're rambling a little bit on some of this, but okay. that, that is what I have found as a church leader that was key to most marriage issues. Mm. Good marriages are two people who are for each other. Yeah. Bad marriages are where at least one of them is against. Yeah. And uh, that's the first thing you have to fix. You have to say we're a team and we're not going to destroy each other. We're going to build each other up. Mm. A second thing that's important is once you create that environment, and that's the first environment you have to create. It's the first habit that has to be in the group. We care for each other. We're going to support and encourage each other. Okay, so I now feel good about the comfortableness of the group. Second thing that's important is truth. Mm. which is a real tricky word and it's a real tricky concept because we like to spend more time, you know, saying that there is no truth and what is truth and who gets to define truth. And I hear those kind of conversations go on all the time, but there are some realities. It's important that there be for everybody some clarity in their life. Mm. I need to know what you see in me. If I'm saying, look, I'm I'm at this level in my life and I want to move up. Uh, and you can see why I'm not, I have to have you tell me that because I typically can't see anything but what I can see. Yeah. And when you bring me that truth and when you say, well, Ed, you're not very approachable or Ed, you're not very kind to people or, or you seem to you know, do, do things in your interactions with people that keep people from wanting to be a part of your world and your life, mm. I have to hear that. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I may not like it. It may be uh, something that I've kind of known and pushed aside, but now I got to bring to the forefront. Maybe something I've never recognized before. I've been told things by people in community settings where I was like, "Man, I, I, let me think about that for three days because I don't, I don't think that's true." Yeah. But it was. But it was true. So when when we are moving upward, when there is change going on in our world, it's because there are elements, obstacles in our world that are holding us at a certain place. I need truth brought to me to tell me what you see that is. And then I need to then, in my environment of grace, reach out to get help and support to move through that and change that in my world if I'm going to move to another place. I can't stay the way I am and be the way I am and get to another place. So whether it's a, you know, if you even have, if you have a trainer at a gym, they're going to say to you, well, your, your elbow's too low. you got to raise yeah. that up to get the full effect on that muscle. Well, you didn't know it. You were doing the best you knew how to do that exercise that you got out of that men's muscle magazine. But somebody brings you truth about what's going on in your world, and you got to raise your elbow up a little bit to get the maximum impact from that exercise. So grace gives me an environment where we can exchange uh that kind of dialogue because I'm doing it for you uh, and I know you're doing it for me and you're sharing things with me then that I have to open up to and be receptive because without truth being receptive to that truth I am never going to get the insight and the understanding of how to change yeah you know and this one is a tricky one because again we're so used to um because I think it's important and it's necessary for us to be willing to look into each other's lives in a safe way and in a way that's for each other and say that. But sometimes I think that's why it's so important what you're saying about it really before that person. Sometimes we'll say, well, yeah, I told him what he needed to hear and he needed to hear it. But we pay no, you know, no, we pay no attention really, or we're not very skilled at really thinking through how to do it in a way that's not only for that person, like objectively, but also emotionally that you know how you can do it so how from your perspective because again it is important to share those truths and those insights with each other as we see them in each other how do you share those truths in a way that people can hear them in a way that doesn't make people be like well that guy's just a know-it-all jerk i mean how do you how do you share those insights in a way that really is loving and that shows compassion and kindness community takes a little time to formulate again, because we're not very experienced at it. And, and you're probably even hearing, and your audience probably hearing some principles they've never heard before. So you, yeah. you don't just walk into community and day one, everybody's got it all figured out. But this yeah. whole matter of how you interact with each other is another skill to develop. Uh, and let's talk about at least one of the rules of doing that. One is I always have your permission to give you that truth. Wow. Okay. Um, we may have been sitting in a room together for six months, but when I need to tell you something that's an item of truth that I see, I never want to present that unless you tell me it's okay, mm. that I'm in a frame of mind to receive it. Uh, because the key is not that you say it, but that the other person hears it. Yeah. And when you say, I'd, I'd like to speak some truth into that or a, a part of that, there needs to be an acknowledgement from the person you're going to say that to that it's okay for you to do that. Mm. I'm going to give you a license and permission to do that. 
That's one of the key things about that. I, I watch in community that we can start to get some of these principles together in the first three or four sessions, and then people begin to s- start jumping at each other. <laughs> and it's not about it's, I, it's not I'm against you. I'm for you, which is what I'm. Uh, you know, I see something and I want to. But they're doing it be out of their own passion to share something because they're having this excitement about how it could help you, but not being sensitive to the fact you're not ready for it. Yeah. Uh, and so the key is when, when you see somebody who's, who, who's, who's saying, you know, I'm really struggling with this, uh, and you and I were in a setting the other night where we went around the room and everybody had a struggle. Everybody yeah. had something they wanted to talk about. And, and, and what they're really saying is, I've got these issues, but... I might tonight just want you to hear them. I might not want to know anything about them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so we always need to get permission. Is is it okay if I say something to you that's on my mind? Can I give you my reaction to what you just said? I, you know, and once you get that okay and the door is open, then you can speak truth into that. And of course, you're for me. So you're going to say it in a way that will help me. Not yeah. defeat me, uh, and and so the tone, and the and the timing is all very important about how truths are shared with people. You're still dealing with hearts. You're not dealing with robots, and so you yeah. gotta. It's got to be the right time, and it's got to be the right way to get that that truth across. And also, I have to have a humble spirit about it because what my sense is about that truth, it may be wrong. Yeah, I'm gonna share with it with you what it is. Uh, because that's a part of what community does. But I have to also recognize that just because I see it that way and feel real strongly about telling you what the truth is, could be inaccurate for a number of reasons. So what I hear you kind of saying is that sometimes this process of of bringing truth into a community setting is not necessarily about trying to be the wise person on the mountaintop and listening to somebody talk for five minutes and then declaring, oh, well, I know what's true and here's what you need to do about it. It's about the pursuit of truth. It's about helping them pursue the truth by by sharing the things that come up in you as you hear them talk, but using kind of even a questioning process of saying, well, have you thought about this? This is what comes up in me. I don't know if this is true for you, but this is what comes up in me as I hear you talk to kind of potentially open their mind, give them new perspectives, give them things to ponder and consider. And I think... Listening to you, listening to that kind of dialogue, not only in our personal life helps, but also as a leader in a business setting helps because it allows people to make their own decisions. You know, you're not just the manager that's telling people what to do. You're giving them options and possibilities that are more expansive for them to pursue something great in their own life. Is that, uh, is that? Yeah, I, I think in every situation when somebody can discover something for themselves, they buy into it, the accuracy of it sooner. They own it more thoroughly. They uh, commit themselves to solve it mm-hmm. with greater determination, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to somebody just declaring answers. Yeah. Uh, and if all of us will think about those kind of settings, you can almost always feel yourself pushing back when somebody's telling you something. Mm. Uh, and so it's half as effective. It just doesn't work as well when somebody tells me something uh, and my defenses come up as opposed to people just asking to join with me in kind of a, a little discovery journey. Let's, let's look around the room here and let's yep. see if we can kind of figure out where this truth is. And once I get, I'm staring at the light and, I, and I've really seen that, 
then I'm like, oh, I, I mean, that, that's really true. And I don't, I don't have any defenses up. I've got receptivity to it because we were discovering together. That's another four factor instead of being against me. Being against me is just declaring what the answer is and then expecting that I'm going to go do something with it. Well, this has been great. And again, not everything we've talked about has been applicable to every single setting, but these concepts behind what we're talking about today and what you've been sharing, I think are so helpful to nearly every, on some level, any environment we find ourselves in. So thanks. And we got two more, it sounds like, at least we got to get back to. So we got to do a part two on this and get back to those things. Yeah. And they're important too. The the whole package is important and it's a progressive kind of package. So when you get a chance, we'll sit down and do some more. I I look forward to that. Thank you uh, so much for joining us today on Being an Everyday Hero. I hope this was helpful to you. If it made a difference to you, I hope you'll share it with somebody who needs it and uh, like and comment wherever you found it. That helps us and it helps others know uh, that this is material that would be helpful for them. Uh, So again, thanks for joining us, sending you love and big hugs. Have a heroic day.